The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Welcome to this special two-part episode covering just some of the highlights from exploring different brains in the year 2019. In our second part, we're going to hear from some of the dedicated clinicians, specialists, educators, advocates, and change makers working to improve the lives of those of us with different brains. Sandra Kumper. Our audience watching here at differentbrains.org, what can they do to help end the stigma of mental health issues? We can talk about mental health. We, the audience, I implore on every person not to be afraid to talk about mental health. It affects every person at different levels. It, it, mental illness may not affect you directly, but indirectly, everything that comes with it, the taxes you pay, uh, being able to get medical care, indirectly mental health affects us all. We see people living on the streets who are homeless. We have to pay for those people to get treatment in our hospitals. So we want to be able to talk about this mental health. We want to be able to talk about recognizing the signs and the symptoms. We invite the audience to come in, be a part of our programs, and to understand it so they too can go out and tell their family members and to encourage those who are living with mental illness to get the treatment they need. Ed Harold. Let's face it, the brain is in charge. You know, at, at the surface level of where we're all moving through our life, you know, the brain is actually deciding what our hormonal secretions are going to be. You know, the one thing that really we have the greatest control over is our breathing. And if there's anxiety in your life or there's higher stress levels, number one is slow your breathing down. Don't let that stressor bring your heart rate up and start to hyperventilate and breathe. It just throws off that natural rhythm that the body has to move through a 24-hour cycle. So for most folks, it's close the mouth, slow the breathing down, relax into whatever's coming, and know that it's traveled very far to help you. Dr. Cholet Josue. As children, the world is very scary. And so we need the, the comfort of the environment of the people around us. So a little child who goes somewhere and knocks his or her head against the wall, they're going to run to the people that, that comfort them, that give them food and water and shelter. So nature has it that way. The brain is, the world is known, scary. So if you comfort it against obstacles in the world and the people that you grow up, they reinforce it, that builds resilience. That teaches you the world is not totally bad. So growing up in Haiti, we didn't have the luxury of uh, a first world. But what kids needed need is a community, people to make you believe in yourself. And I was fortunate by, by the time I was 11, I knew I could rule the world. My parents taught me to respect people, to be kind, but also to believe that it's not only about you. Then once you know that and you growing up and you didn't know you were going to overcome obstacles. But what the early nurturing gives you, that the world's not totally bad. 
that they are good people. You know, there are bad things that happen, but that nurturing that's ingrained in your brain early makes you believe in people in the world. Flip Aguilera. First and foremost, the thing that I protect with all my might is my sleep. Sleep is the lowest hanging fruit we can all pick to optimize our health. Second after that is where I put my purposeful movement. And then third, I put nutrition. And something that we haven't touched on yet, but is just as important of all of this, is the people you surround yourself with, the social network you have around you. Are they feeding you or are they taking away from you? Do you have an uplifting feeling when you're hanging out with the people you hang out with or a sinking feeling? when you're hanging out with the people that you're hanging out with. Because I know you've probably heard of like all these areas of the blue zones. In some of these blue zones area, you know, there's movement, there's sleep, there's nutrition, but in some of these places, people smoke left and right. But because they have strong social connections, it mitigates that, that negative aspect of whatever it is that they're doing. So that's how I try to plan. It's hang out with cool people, move on purpose, sleep well, and eat well. Dr. Marsha Ratner, how do we protect ourselves from unnecessary exposure to neurotoxicants? Begins with good hygiene. And that means if you're doing any sanding or working with old lead paint, you're gonna to wanna to wear a mask. You're gonna to wanna to wear gloves and you're going to want to maybe wet the surface down so that the dust stays down and doesn't spread all over. And then uh, cleaning things up, you need to be careful. Um, there are terrible stories of people who tried to vacuum up mercury that has spilled from a broken thermometer. And what they've done is their vacuum cleaner, and this was mostly in the days before HEPA filters and some of the vacuums that we have now, but the vacuum cleaner actually vaporized the mercury, put it into the air and exposed everyone who was in the room. Whereas had they swept up the mercury with a dustpan, the little balls of mercury, they would not have caused as much of a problem. So there are a lot of things we can do from a hygiene standpoint to reduce exposure, masks, gloves, coveralls, and then also when we're cleaning things up, we want to think about the consequences of vacuuming versus sweeping and creating more dust or vaporizing a chemical that could get into the air and be breathed in that way. Dr. April J. Lisbon. I want to be um, a voice in the wind for those families who feel like their, their voices have been, I don't know if cut off is the right word, but who feel like they, they cannot express their emotions and their feelings. I want to be that voice for those parents who are always apologizing because I used to be one of those parents. Oh, I'm so sorry that he's um, he's doing this. Oh, I'm so sorry. He really didn't mean to have this meltdown. Um, and apologizing because my child's you know brain is different. I shouldn't have to apologize because that's that's who he is. That's what he's about. You know, and I want to be that voice for other parents to realize and understand that it is OK to have a child who learns differently. What's not okay is that we accept from society that plain and simple, our kids aren't good enough or that we can't talk about our child's, you know, different diagnoses or disabilities. Yes, we can. We have a right just like every other parent. We need to bring awareness and more acceptance to 
you know, what our families go through every single day. So by creating that voice, like I tell people, you know, God gave me a big mouth anyway, so I might as well use it for good. So. Hereg Haleblian and Jessica Lee. Spectrum Works truly gives the message of inclusivity. We're talking about mainstreaming where you can fit and having the corporations understand, yeah, if we give a little bit of accommodation here, you're going to have a great employee, a loyal employee who's going to do a great job for you. And I think what's been really inspiring and encouraging to see is at other corporations where they have started to do this, that what the quote unquote accommodations for the individual on the spectrum is actually good for everybody. It's made managers better managers because they're, you know, managing to the individual needs of their employees. And that's better for every employee that steps into a job. Um, so you really see that the benefits to the business far outweigh, I mean, first of all, that they're a good fit for the job. They have the skills and abilities and even may have be better at a certain job, um, but also that it raises the culture of the company and it improves so many other processes in the organization as well. So this is a true business value decision. Dr. Nancy Doyle. I couldn't understand why we call things, why we use terms like specific learning disabilities. You know, if it's a specific learning disability, it's there's something specific that's an issue, but everything else is fine. So why aren't we talking about the everything else that's fine? Do you know, it just, so there's, there's a whole movement in psychology, the positive psychology movement, which has been around for, for a long time. This is something that I studied and I thought was very interesting. And, and I just was finding myself very frustrated that I was meeting people for, for coaching support um, who had psychology reports. And I would read their psychology reports and I would look at the data in it and, and it would say things to me like this person is in the top 3% of population for verbal skills. And they would have no idea about that. What they knew about was that their spelling was terrible or their concentration was poor or their, their social skills were difficult. They had no idea that they had this tremendous ability in verbal reasoning. And I would think to myself, well, wow, what a difference it, it's making to you when I tell you that. you know. Uh, but, but then the, the next logical step is, why do you need an extra person to tell you that when you've already had psychological assessment? Surely part of the psychological assessment should be to allow you to know the full, the full range of your abilities. So the things that you're struggling with and what to do about it, but also the things that you're great at and how to work with that. Dr. Debbie Jaffe Ellis. The importance, especially at this time, of tolerance, which comes from making the effort to have unconditional acceptance of others, others who have political beliefs we may not agree with, or certain people in positions of power politically or in the work environment or family members. The expression hanging on to rage or bitterness or hatred is like eating poison and waiting for the other person to die. And so we're hurting ourselves. We're not even hurting the person that, that we dislike, you know. And so to choose to create a climate of tranquility within us that can only be created 
by thinking in healthy ways. Because life will contain loss and suffering. But when we think in healthy ways, we minimize the emotional suffering, which means we liberate more energy for joy. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains, Inc. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.org.